TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, that I, blew me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 599, and I'm Livia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom. I chair visual media arts at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida and host the Screen Tom podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Six Degrees of Geek. All right, Tom, what do you got for the news? News. At Amazon Prime, Cord Jefferson, who wrote and directed uh, American Fiction and also won the Emmy for Episode 6 of HBO's Watchmen limited series, is joining John Wells on Scarlett Johansson's upcoming Just Cause series, and they're going to co-write together. And I presume Jefferson's also going to direct. Uh, Amazon's also ordered a psychological mystery thriller limited series from Harlan Cohen and Danny Brocklehurst with Bill Nye, Sam Claffin, and Alexandra Roach. And they are developing a Wings of Fire animated adaptation after the previous version was scrapped at Netflix. Apple TV Plus has greenlit Invasion for season three and announced that Leo Woodall and Quintessa Swindell will lead the conspiracy thriller drama Prime Target. Uh, BBC has announced that Joseph Fiennes is going to star in a television adaptation of the football play Dear England. At FX, Ryan Murphy made a surprise announcement that his horror drama Grotesquerie is set for the fall with stars Niecy Nash-Betts, Courtney B. Vance, and Leslie Manville. Uh, HBO has greenlit True Detective for season five, and Night Country showrunner Isa Lopez will be back as part of her new overall deal with HBO. Hulu, as we suspected, Only Murder season four will be set in Los Angeles, and Meryl Streep is set to return. So I guess there's going to be... I guess we're going to have a new building. Oh, yeah, yes. that's a very good point. How they, wait, uh, how are they doing it? Okay, anyway, go ahead. It's going to be only murders in a building. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hulu has scrapped the, uh, the, the romanticy adaptation of A Court of Thrones and Roses. It will not be shopped elsewhere. They've also ordered the half-hour comedy series Chad Powers, from Glenn Powell and Michael Waldron, who was the showrunner on Loki, based on Eli Manning's character. Uh, NBC has cast Stephen Amell as the lead in Suits Los Angeles. Netflix has picked up Survival of the Thickest for season two, and they have scrapped the film adaptations of Rick Reardon's The Kane Chronicles. Paramount Plus announced that Evil will end with season four. Boo! Frasier has been picked up for season two, and John Hamm will join Taylor Sheridan's Landman. PBS announced that they've greenlit All Creatures Great and Small Seasons 5 and 6. At Peacock, busy Peacock time, Simu Liu is teaming with James Wan for an espionage techno-thriller. Stephen Curry and Adam Pally are going to co-star in the mockumentary series Mr. Throwback, which was given a straight-to-series order. And they've ordered a scripted miniseries about John Wayne Gacy, notorious serial killer, from the creator of Dr. Death, Patrick McManus. Uh, stars announced that Brittany Snow has been cast opposite Malin Ackerman in the upcoming drama series The Hunting Wives. And the newest huh rumor of the week, du jour, is there are discussions about merging Peacock and Paramount Plus. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. That's not good. Yeah. Paramount's in trouble, and so everybody keeps trying to merge them with somebody. So mm-hmm. I'd actually rather it would be with Peacock than with Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers already is mixed with five other things. So yeah. Plus, Warner Brothers is too big. I don't think that would pass regulatory muster. Oh, you never yeah. know these days, though. Yeah. I feel like Peacock is pretty big, too. It's NBC Universal. That's not small. Well, it's you've got a network and a studio merging with another network well if it's just if it's just the streaming thing it's like a cw type you know what's interesting historically usa network and sci-fi used to be co-owned by paramount and uh universal and then when they started uh oh when they started uh when all the mergers and splits with paramount cbs viacom happened basically they had to nbc bought them out okay uh let's get started with the shows we are we have a lot of shows so we're gonna put it on the timer which we haven't done in a little while where's my timer and we're gonna try to speed through these shows speed round uh easy to speed through there will be some that are easy true detective which is first is not going to be easy but that's where we're at so we're going to do episodes three and four of true detective and tom since it's fresher in your head than mine um can you give us what you thought uh jody foster's character is kind of awful (laughs) 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 and i feel for her sidekick because the whole thing with her sister you know her sister she she finds her sister oh no jody foster finds her sister calls the other sister uh calls her her sidekick and says hey you know and so they get her they get her they take her to a facility and then later on the sister gets a call saying i've got bad news for you from the coast guard and so yeah it's this show is so bleak oh my gosh it's like (laughs) you kind of want to like hug somebody but you might get kicked or punched by them if you tried so you what you mean jodie foster's not going to give you a warm uh cuddly hug yeah, she might give me more than that. <laughs> her character, um, I, I, but it's also sufficiently creepy, though. Like there, there was, but I that moment where the sister is like decides to walk onto the ice. You you feel like she found her peace, though. It's like a weird spiritual thing as well. They kind of mix that together. Yeah, it's um. What's interesting is, and I have no idea where this is going, and I know it's done, but every, you know, all the the critics say it was the most satisfying season in a while, and HBO is happy because they locked up uh, the showrunner for more for more for another season. But man, I mean, at least there was a little bit of humor in season one with uh, McConaughey and uh, and uh, oh Harrelson. But man, this is just so bleak. Plus, you got the yeah. nighttime thing going. Yeah, there's the super creepiness to it, but I will say in the last later episodes when they actually are more kind of settled into being partners, there's some humor. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's it's I could see it's kind of it's kind of fascinating that kind of the per, the first three seasons you the per, use the per, permutation of mis mix bleh, mismatched quasi buddy cops and mm-hmm. this gender flips it but man it's just that 
each one of them has so much baggage. I feel like they're they're not mirror images of each other. They're like this is your future. So yeah. Yeah. They are pretty much the same person, but in different points in time, different stages of their life. Right. But I watched um, I watched one or four hundred one and four hundred two back to back with Nyad the next night. And I'm like, boy, it's good to have you back, Jodie Foster, because you earned those two Oscars and you're going to probably add them. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Allison, I know you saw it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm already done with the series, which, which I will echo is, is absolutely brilliant straight through. But um, I, I think what, what I like about the characters is that they don't really go out of your way, out of their way to, to you know, say, oh well, but they have a soft, cuddly side, uh -uh. and um, you know, this I mean, they, <laughs> they, this is not that show. These, these are two, you know, damaged women. They've, they've both been through a lot. They both continue to go through a lot, and they both have their own defenses to try to cope with things, and, and. I think the more that you get to know about them as this the series goes along, the more you appreciate their complexity and the more I think they come to appreciate each other as well. Um, you know, it's it's not like, oh well, Jodie Foster is just mean and it stays just at that level. She's she's a very complicated woman and she's got a history and and all of that comes out, you know, episode per episode. And the the two episodes here, you know, where we've got uh, you know, the coping with, with the death of Julia, which is, which is terrible. Um, and you know, it's, it's like you said, there is on, on one hand, a sense of peace for her, mm -hmm. but on the other, you know, the tragedy of, of the fact that, that a lot of what this came from was mental, you know, her, her mental issues, which yeah. she could not find real help for. And, uh, you know, this, and then now she's, you know, left her sister behind to, to cope with it all alone. So you've got, you've got that going on. And then at the same time, you've got also the investigation, which is going in darker and darker places, you know, and we've got, uh, by the end of episode four, you know, they're going out into the, you know, to, to investigate this abandoned, uh, factory out on the ice and, and, um, try to, locate this um this scientist who oh, went right. missing long ago um uh yeah it's Hess, i think um but he's he he you know he's just just kind of disappeared and they they on the are on their way to find him oh, oh is this the knows... christmas tree this one ends and then yes the one with the christmas tree uh -huh. yeah they find him and and all sorts of things are happening that may or may not have a, a supernatural component to it or just a mental health issue component because we're seeing things that shouldn't be there like you know <laughs> christmas trees, trees showing up in the fully lit christmas trees showing up what? in the middle of this factory I, I, and also women you know just just standing there and screaming into people's ears um no, so okay if, so i need you guys to explain this to me because this is the episode that i texted to the group because i think i saw it before you guys did and i was like someone explained to me the end of this episode and then nobody said anything this is um, the one where it ends with she's at the Christmas tree talking to somebody and Jodie Foster's questioning the scientist she found. She's questioning him. And but then Jodie Foster is with her by the tree. And I was like, wait, what's happening? Is she imagining? Like, I was super confused. 
Yeah, I got, I had to watch it a couple of times before I figured out that what's, what's really going on is that Jodie Foster is with this other guy. That's what the, this, these things are happening at the same time. And, and meantime, you've got, you've got Navarro who has just had this experience seeing the ghost of her sister screaming right. into her face. So then and I, had, is... I had to look twice to make sure that it was, it was her sister. And yeah, you get when you, when the, they do the close up, you see the blue hair. Um, right, but so then it's but her. Jodie Foster's also at the Christmas tree. But she's not. She's that is that is like a hallucination that that that's what, okay, that's what an, I wanted an, to know. Imagination okay. with Navarro because she is, I think, so traumatized by this that she kind of invents uh, Jodie Foster's character coming over and and consoling and talking her. to her. Yeah, because I was like, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, because no, she's not. Simultaneously, she she can't be in two places at once. <laughs> I, I thought they were time jumping. I wasn't sure what was happening. Yeah, no, uh, I had to watch it a few times before I figured out, okay, okay yeah, I, that's just, okay. that was her gonna, imagination. We're going to go to you soon real quick because we're out, out of time already on our timer. Yeah, I, I, I'm I thoroughly enjoying the show. I finished it as well. Um, uh, it is bleak. It is heavy. It is dark. It is a thriller. It is supernatural. It is, I mean, it is a lot of things. Um, and all of them put together makes for a very dense show, but never too, you know, a little bit hard to follow sometimes, like, like you just said, um, you know, there, there's like the supernatural aspect of it. There's the mental illness aspect of it. So sometimes I'm not quite sure what I'm seeing, uh, or what I'm supposed to be seeing. Um, I'm wondering if I'm having a breakdown when I'm watching the show <laughs> and I'm thinking what, what is happening? Um, so, uh, but it is compelling television and, uh, it unfolds really, really well. Like it, it's like peeling layers of an onion. Like each episode gives me a little bit more of the mystery. Each, uh, episode tells me more about their, their personal lives and their story. Uh, it's done really, really well. It's not too little. It's not too much. Um, it's, it, it, it's at a pace that is glacial, um, but, uh, it seems like it, it, it's timely. It's, it, you, it tells you what you need to know when you need to know it. And then you move on to the next episode and you're thinking, I need more information and they give you more information. So, uh, and I love the relationships that, uh, that ha are happening between everybody, uh, especially the, uh, uh, Jodie Foster and her, uh, her sidekick, um, I, I, I really like that relationship. I mean, I, I think it's terrible what she's putting him through, um, uh, you know, uh, in terms of being a good cop, but I, I like that relationship. There's a kind of a motherly aspect to it and, you know, it pays off as, as the, as the story goes on, uh, you know, the, they earn all the relationships. So I'm really liking the show a lot. It's, it's a very good watch. All right. So I think we're saying thumbs up. Um, next up, we're going to talk death and other details and Allison, since you, uh, check that out for us, can you lead us off on that episodes three and four? Episode three, um, is where, uh, we get Interpol coming right. in and taking control of the investigation, which is exactly what they were, were worried trying about happening and trying right. to avoid. And, and that happens anyway. And so we get, uh, agent Hilda Erickson 
Uh, she is who's, so by the book, it's ridiculous. It's, I mean, she's got like a timer for, for everything and <laughs> writes everything down. Uh, this, this stentorian attitude, you know, she is so she's organized. Like, and I don't know if that's supposed to be like a nun or like a, I don't know what the stereotype is for that, but she's playing that super, super stereotype of something very well. Yeah, well, I, I, I think she's supposed to be Swiss. And so, you know, the whole thing with the watch, I guess, is oh, part okay. of that. Um, but but she's just like, you know, the the ultimate she's she's the opposite of everything that Rufus is, which, you know, she's totally organized and, you know, really up on anything. And she's smart. She she doesn't you know, it's not one of these situations where you get uh, the the dumb cop coming in and you know he's just the the police chief who's who doesn't know what's going on and everybody finds it easy to put everything over on him she is smart she knows i mean right from the get-go she can read people as well as rufus can and and picks out she notices things she picks out details um and she comes up to speed really really fast so yeah, I think you the know, only thing she does is she makes the obvious assumption that whoever erased the videotape is probably the killer, which mm -hmm. I would see why you would think that. It's yeah, not the I mean, case here, but I could see why you would think that. Right. It's 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 the obvious assumption to make. So she's going on on that. So they're you know they're they're going after she's going after the wrong thing. But um, you know every, everyone's in, in fact her focus is on jewels, and that's that's you know where she everything starts to kind of lean in that direction. And um, by the by, the end of the next episode, by the end of four, we have completely eliminated Jules as any possibility of being, you know, the the bad the killer. Guy. Right? Yeah, he's not he's, the killer, and he, he has, has his a heart own of agenda. Gold. He has a he, heart of gold. He does. He's he's a totally sweet guy who falls on the his own sword at the end, and you know, um, and so all of that is going on. But we also we also get the reveal that there's, uh. Uh, bad, you know, we actually find out who the killer is, which astonished me. Oh, um, well, well, it's one layer of the killer. But yes. It's one layer because it's right. just, she's, you know, it turns out that it's, it's Winnie, you know, the, the, we, we would, we had previously thought was just the sweet little innocent um, waitress. Well, I thought she was a more of a bratty younger sister waitress, but still. Well, yeah. she has that, but she, but innocent, you know, I mean, he's the last yeah. person you'd think of. And it turns out that she is uh, actually a minion of the bad guy. Right. Um, and, and I was not expecting she, to have even that layer of it uh, yeah. revealed at this point. So that was kind of nice. That was interesting. Um, and, uh, but, but now we need to focus. We still have not seen the face of of who the mastermind is and i th and the rest of this i think is going to be going in that direction is trying to to unmask who that is yeah so tom you're not watching this yet or do you just you're just behind i'm behind so okay just observation i'm getting a little tired of rich people behaving badly because to be fair not, our our main character our main character is not i i know that she's not but still you know, it's the after party meets White Lotus meets. <laughs> but they all do it on like, a ship. Except I would, that, I, I would feel bad. Vic, Victor Sam's character, we don't know anything about this character. He might not be rich at all. We don't know what's going on with him. Yeah. And, and, and he and seems the thing, like he hates rich people. 
And I think that the main thing is, is that I, I would get really tired of this thing if it was glorifying rich people and, oh, poor rich people, you know, they're, they're always being accused of murder and the victims of, of things <laughs> like that. It's nothing like that. They are ridiculous people and they are portrayed as being ridiculous people. And as long as, as shows like this take that tack, I'm okay with it. Yeah, but we just have so many of them in real life who are equally ridiculous, but our lives are filled with them, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, unlike fiction, our our uh, media takes them seriously. All right, well, let's move on, guys. Uh, next up, we're going to talk The Rookie. And Yusin, did you check that out? I did. I so, did. Yeah, welcome back, Rookie, after being away for so long. What would you think? Yay. Um, you know, it brought me, it gave me everything that I wanted. You know, um, it it it's a feel-good show in the sense that like I care about each of the characters mostly. Um I do <laughs> mostly. Sorry, mostly. I do I do I hate to say it, but care less about the the detective and his her her husband lawyer. Um oh. I was. I you thought you were gonna say uh, Nathan Fillion and his their whole. Oh my God! And his firefighter fiance. Yeah. 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 Well, like, we're yes. having our wedding, and I was like, I don't care. I was like, well. I, I, I really thought it was hilarious too, and I thought, oh, so they're keeping her around, I guess. So. That's what I see. Yeah, when 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 I when the the wedding's actually gonna happen, and they're yep. keeping. You know, and I thought, oh, okay, I guess that they were not getting rid of that her that so easily. Um, so, no, I mean, yes, the 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 focus of that episode sort of is the wedding, but it isn't at all. Um, uh, and I was surprised at how much action there was. I mean, I'm not surprised anymore, but you know, sometimes the show has gotten to be very action oriented in the last, like, I would say, two, three. Uh, years they're uh, huge like larger set pieces and lots of you know uh gunfire and stuff so um i was glad to have them back i thought the the it was paced really well it was it was um fun to see everybody back and you know uh it it just seemed like a good old you know regular rookie episode that i like uh, the one thing, though, I will say that I'm a little disappointed with and I'm ho holding my breath about is Chen and um, Tim. Uh, Tim. Yeah, Tim. I, I'm going to say this as well. For this, I would say the at least the way it came off to me was Tim was 100% trying to be supportive yep. and she let her own insecurities about the issue influence everything that came out of his mouth. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah. and I felt that that was kind of manipulative, like of the show. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like to I, create yeah, I, I, a I problem. Agree. I agree. You know, and I feel like I like them so much together and they're finally together and now there's nothing to do with them. So now they're, we're going to have to watch them like bicker or fight or have problems. And okay. I don't that want that. Break up. Yeah. Or create problems where I feel like, I mean, yes, Chin has always been more insecure than other people. And that's true. And Tim can be a patriot, you know, he can be patronizing and annoying, but he wasn't doing any of those things. Yeah. So it's, it's like they took the qualities that the characters had and like falsely put them against each other. And it was kind of annoying. So yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yep. So, so that I'm was the only miss. All right. Go ahead, Tom. What'd you say? I'm tired of this evil lawyer chick. Oh, yeah. 
because and if I remember correctly, she used to be on White Collar too, and I wasn't a fan of her there. But she's so Janie One Note. Yeah, it's I just uh, I just I'm glad they didn't stretch this out. If what's his face turns out to be the evil mastermind, I'm gonna throw something at the TV. Who's his name? Who uh, the black dude that you know the recurring, you know, black dude, black dude. Oh, her client. What? No, her client's dead. He got killed on the bus. Who are you talking about? No, the, the the mastermind behind the whole thing. Yeah, but I don't know what black dude you're talking about. That's what I'm the one from about. previous seasons, the one who got out, got them in oh, trouble. Oh, the one with the janky dreads. That's yeah, the- yes, uh, used to be a Power Ranger back in the day. Yeah, <laughs> I, I do not like him as an adversary, yes. and I don't like her. Period. So, on the one hand, I was glad that they wrapped up, you know. The immediate thing, you know, the, the Federal Reserve heist, mostly, except for we don't know who is pulling the strings. But and I don't think he's smart enough to pull that off. That's what I'm thinking, too. But I just don't. Uh, yeah, I just I don't like the character. I don't like the actor. It's just like less is more or like blow her up, please. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk uh, Will Trent and it's back. And I love this show. And we got Clark Gregg, which also made me super happy uh and and will trent got to tackle him down down a big hill yay uh so i mean i'm a sucker for clark Gregg, and i was laughing because he was doing that thing that he does where he talks with his hands and apparently i thought that was colson and apparently that's clark Gregg, and so it just made me happy that's all uh but will trent also makes me happy i love watching everything that he does and yes tom you had the word i'm not going to steal your analogy go ahead say your analogy for this episode i was bummed that they gave susan kalichi watson the uh kyle chandler treatment from gray's anatomy from gray's anatomy there you go for their post super bowl episode i never listened to the anna and alex breathe the same way again so at least they didn't put a uh a pop song to susan kalichi watson being blown up but uh, they had some mad chemistry too. Yeah, they did. I'm like, and yeah, but it was- I would have preferred her than him getting back with his ex because I'm over it. Oh my I'm gosh, I'm no, so over no, it. they're 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 f buddies. Yes, but they which is, they, which, they is have which is a terrible money. thing to be doing. But I mean, just I um, I don't like, dislike her as much as I dislike her partner, who's just boring and annoying. That's true too, but I, I'm over. Yes, they they just do that, but they've been doing that since they were kids. So there's more emotion to it than that. They're not just that. They're messy. Yeah, yeah but the thing they're is, messy. I mean, they're they're like a security blanket with benefits. Okay, sure, I'll go with that. Uh, but I'm over it. I don't need to see them sleep together ever again in life. Like Seriously. I just don't want that to happen again. And so I was really excited that it looked like he was getting somebody else, and then they blew her up. So. And I lo- I really like that he and Faith have found a groove as partners, too. Yes, that's true, too. So all of that works. I don't want to spend too much time on Will Trent other than uh, I'm loving the new season. I'm, I'm loving I like that Will Trent and um, and Rookie are back to back. That's that's a really nice night. Um, and both shows make me smile. So uh, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about the new look. And when I say we, I mean people other than me, because this is not my show. I don't care about fashion in the least, or period <laughs> pieces, or you know Nazis. So, uh, what did you guys think? 
Someone lead us off. Mm-hmm. Who's going? Um, I, 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 go ahead, Tom. No, go ahead. You're the, you're our fashion guru. Oh, oh sure. yeah. No, I mean, um, I will start with what is disappointing, which is for a show about fashion, there it leaves a lot to be desired. Um, the, the show, I had no idea what the show was going to be about. So I was allowing for it to be whatever it was going to be. Uh, and it turns out that it's very heavy on the, uh, story of Nazism, uh, in Paris, the occupation. So, uh, and, and that's okay. And the resistance, you know, uh, so that's the angle that they're taking. Uh, I mean, I didn't know this, uh, that uh, Christian Dior's uh, uh, sister was uh, heavily involved in the resistance. So that is actually very interesting. And so I'm not complaining about the subject matter so much as saying that it was a surprise. But even though it's about you know, the resistance and Nazism and the occupation and all this other stuff, it has Christian Dior in it. And it starts beautifully with this. Um, uh, they're having like a uh, what would what, what, what it you call it you Tom? with a fashion show? Fashion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's a yeah, it it's like a, it's you a with a fashion show. <laughs> yes. And it's glorious. And I'm thinking, oh, bait and switch. Yes. <laughs> Yes, it's glorious. And you're thinking this is going to be fantastic. Uh, And then it disappears. Most of the fashion disappears. Uh, A lot of it is left unshown or unfinished. Um, It doesn't really showcase the fashion in a way that uh, it really could and should, I think. Um, But the show itself is highly watchable. It is interesting. Um, I love Juliette Binoche as an actress. Uh, It's great to see her back um she plays coco chanel um so uh you know i'm enjoying the show but it isn't quite exactly what i thought it was going to be um somebody else you know go ahead and talk about more of the details yeah i i oh oh, sorry no i i um i mean bait and switch is basically what it came to i again i like you am enjoying the show i think it's extremely well done uh that's well researched the the characters I mean, you know, they've invented the dialogue, which is why they have the thing inspired by events. But so far, they've been pretty accurate as far as, you know, what we know historically about what these characters were doing, what these people were doing at different times, what happened historically. Um, you know, it's it's all true and it's all, you know, very interesting and everything. And it's nice to see that they're finally addressing, you know, Coco Chanel's uh you know her her relationship with the Nazi regime. She was absolutely a co-conspirator, and all of that you know is worth bringing up. But um, it, the the reason that we're watching this, and I mean, it's even got the title "The New Look," is because I mean they're not just random people who had to live through the occupation. These these were people who were famous because they changed fashion. Because mm-hmm. they had such an influence aesthetically on on what came after the World War II, and and uh, you know we that's that's where the emphasis should be. Sure, we should you know see historically what's happening with them, but they should never forget 
that we're watching them because these are fashion designers. We want to see what it is. They talk about creating all the time and how creation inspires people and how it lets you move on and all of that. But for all that talk, we're not getting the visuals of what it is that's supposed to be so fantastic that, you know, that either of them did at different times. We, we get so little of that. They open up with a big fashion show at the Sorbonne, and that's great. But after that, we get so little of, uh, you know, to, to, to show us why these people are famous, why they are important historically. Uh, and, and that's a failure of the show, unfortunately, although I'm still finding it interesting and the acting is great. And Ben Men Mendelsohn as Christian Dior is, is wonderful, um, as is Juliette Binoche as Coco Chanel. Um, but for all that, you know, I, I miss the fashions. It's, it's a show about fashion designers. Show the clothes. Uh, Tom hasn't gotten a chance to talk yet, so. I, I, I can't disagree with anything, um. Yusin and Allison have said it, it. It is really bait and switch, and if they if they if they kind of went back and forth, that would be one thing. But it really isn't. We just get that snippet at the beginning of episode one, and it's basically all about you know their their Nazi their Nazi past. I mean, she's more awful than he is, but um, yeah, it's just it's always good to see Juliette Binoche. I, I must say, by the way, and Ben Mendelsohn too, especially after that piece of bleh, he was in last year which we <laughs> shall not well he was All not right. at fault of that All yeah, right, he didn't write it. but no but I, but yeah it's just a little i hope they eventually get back to the fashion stuff because otherwise it's like you shouldn't have titled it the new look mm. all right all right let's move on uh next up we're going to talk genius and we're going to talk episodes uh three and four and episodes three and four are have to do with the the boycott um oh, and sitting at the table what do you call it the um sit-ins sit thank you sit-ins and i liked one thing that i liked about these episodes is that because i can comment about these episodes they're not mine so i watched them as a viewer which was really cool um i it's i don't know who knew that uh martin had been stabbed at a book signing because i didn't know this i did I did not. I know. Oh, Tom, yes, you sent me a text about that. So, yes, you have a nice connection, but I didn't know it. And so seeing that and seeing how it affected his mental state in this episode, how he was just kind of jumpy and afraid and having PTSD and all of those things just made it really interesting and seeing how he had to kind of pull himself out of that state. But Tom, do you want to share why you know? Or sure. I don't yes, know. I, yes, I would give it to um, <laughs> My, my late uncle Vincent, uh, Dr. J.W.V. Cordes Jr., was one of the three surgeons who treated Dr. King afterwards. Oh and it was tricky because of where that knife was. If right. that blade had been like a centimeter or like a millimeter over, he would have bled out. Right. So he's actually, yeah, it's, uh, that's part of my family's history. Um, boy, you know, now that I'm halfway through watching the series... I really, I don't dislike him actively, but I just think of, I'm recasting the King part in my mind almost yeah. every time I watch it. He's just not right for the part. I'm going to actively, who I, I cut both actors, and I'm going to disagree with you on that. Um, 
it's just I think it's also a testament to our editing skills because uh anyway, I don't want to say anything. Never mind, I'm not even gonna go there. But I, mean, I disagree. I disagree yeah. on what you're saying because I've seen the dailies and okay. his performances are actually, I think, really good. Um yeah, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Uh, but I really I really dig the actor playing uh Malcolm X. Um and moving from episode three into four, just the, the the parallel tracks the characters' lives are on, and Malcolm running, you can see the collision course that he and Elijah Muhammad and some of the followers are on because uh -huh. he takes way too much initiative. And oh, uh, <laughs> right, because he's. I mean, I get what he's trying to do, but the thing is that Elijah Muhammad has people putting pictures of himself in their homes because you're supposed to idolize him. Mm -hmm. So if you're supposed to idolize Elijah Muhammad, how do you think he's going to feel if everybody is idolizing Malcolm? And plus the, um, the CBS news interview, of yeah. course, they, of course they are, that's not going, to, it's going to be edited to their specifications, not to. Right. So you kind of know that that's going to get him in more trouble. So, right, right. um, yeah, no, I, I, I'm digging the series as a whole, though. I mean, I, I would be watching this even if you weren't one of the editors. <laughs> <laughs> I like watching episodes because usually what happens is I end up watching everything in a row, and I have to, you know, and I, I end up watching the stuff beforehand. And I watched some of the early episodes beforehand, but as it went on, I got deep into my own stuff. I didn't end up watching everything so it's kind of cool especially and now they're finished too it feels different with everything finished the color and the sound and everything but um Yusin, you haven't spoken yet what do you think um i thought it was great uh i mean i i am trying to remember myself because i i moved on uh well it's it's, it's, it's i saw it a while ago yeah, the, it's the sit-in, and, and it's the stabbing, and all of that's the PTSD. Oh, right. Right, 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 right. Yes, uh, I um, I didn't see, uh, I mean, not I didn't see, uh, well, yeah, I didn't see the stabbing coming. I didn't know about that either, so I thought that that was uh, really good information uh, that you guys focused on to show, um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of middle of the ground. I'm kind of more... Um, uh, I like Martin Luther. Uh, I like his. I I like the, his casting. I don't know. I I'd have to see more. Like I'm still, I'm still feeling him out. I, I I don't know that. You know. I know you are saying what you've seen, and Tom saying what he's seen, and I think I'm kind of more in the middle of the road where I feel like uh, he could be a little bit more. There's something missing for me about his acting, and I don't can't put my finger on it. Um, but, uh, but I do enjoy him as the, uh, as the actor and I'm not saying he's miscast necessarily, but I do feel like there is a little something missing, but maybe it grows with the show and it grows with him, you know, uh, be becoming who he's becoming. Um, but you know, for the most part, I'm trying to remember, I can't, re it was a while ago since I saw the show. So I can't really remember, but as, as, as far as it's building, uh, I am enjoying the show. I think it's getting better uh, and better. You know, for me, the, the it was a little 
the editing and the it was a little kind of all over the place and now it's more of a cohesive story uh, and it's becoming more um it's like easier to follow it's more compelling to follow because it's it's kind of unwinding and unrolling as a story so i'm enjoying it all right uh let's move on um unless allison did you have something i forgot i, I think i skipped um yeah, no, I I'm I don't have that much to add. I I I agree with Tom as far as Martin Luther is concerned. I don't know what ended up on the cutting room floor that would have made it different. What I'm just going by is what is on the uh, you know, what what actually was aired. And I've seen the entire series now and and he just, you know, he kind of hits one note and stays there and um I know that you had said earlier that he he develops as a character and becomes more Martin Luther Kingish as time goes on, but um, I haven't really felt that. Uh, however, the the actor who plays Malcolm X is phenomenal. Uh, he's just great, and he's he's riveting to watch, and he captures the character fantastically. Um, I think that overall the show is is very good. It's very watchable. Um, it it hits all the the important historical points. And, um, you know, I enjoyed watching it, certainly. But, uh, yeah, I think that there there is one flaw, really. Well, towards the end, there's a few more well, casting that... choices I wouldn't have made. But well, I think I think they that Martin Luther King just doesn't work for me in this. I don't think he was a great choice. All right, well, let's move on. Um, next up, we're going to talk uh, Avatar and episodes one and two. And uh, for the people who have, uh, you know, seen the animated series and know the IP, one thing they did tell us is that it's not, I mean, it's it's more of a reimagining than a direct, um, not reboot, but yeah, instead of, instead of doing, yeah, I think that's the, the word. Instead of saying it's a reboot, they, they're calling it a reimagining. And one of the things I really liked was that they actually showed what happened before uh, Aang gets frozen. Because if you watch the animated series, it starts when he kind of wakes up from being frozen and it's already been 100 years and whatever. And I like that we spend some time with him before he even knows he's the Avatar, before he has that weight. And then we have our Order 66 and they start killing children and it's just like, holy crap. And it got it got really dark really fast. Um, but I do, I really did appreciate the story that they set up before we got to the main part of the story. Um, the actors are okay. I wouldn't say that they're great child actors. They're not like, I think Stranger Things kind of lucked out and got really good, strong, young actors. This one, I think some of them are better than others. And it also depends on what's happening in the scene. Like depending on what emotion they're having to do, but I found Aang to be charming, if nothing else, and I and I like I like his performances. He makes me smile. So that's all I'm gonna say. Uh, anybody else? I'll go quickly. Stop. Stop. Adaptations oh. of animated properties, especially because <laughs> Netflix's own track record with the last three things is one for one for three. I did not like this pilot at all. I just thought it was lavishly produced, but I'm thinking, why? And the actors... Uh, question, did you see the animated series? 
I've seen, I haven't seen all of the animated series, but I've seen a good chunk of it. And okay. I'm just, just like, curious. I'm just like, it's, it's almost as bad as Disney's live action adaptations. And I know the, the, the Shyamalan movies just terrible. But when they announced this project, everybody was really excited because the people from the sh animated show were initially attached to do the live action. And then when they left, that was like, oh, no. And it's just... I, I, I totally... I mean, I really like what they've done. I was, I'm a huge fan of the, of, of the cartoon, and I really like how they've adapted this. I just... It, it's kind of tantamount to what Disney's been doing with their, their animated films and making them live action. And it's a mixed bag. Some of them are pretty good. Most of them are not. But I just, this did not, I mean, it's, it's overproduced, but man, you need to nail all the child actors, not just some of them, because that's the, that's the story. And is it a step above because we actually have ethnic actors playing ethnic characters? Yes, over that Shyamalan yeah, but I was just I wasn't I was I wasn't even underwhelmed or whelmed. It, it just you. Yeah. It's just why. <laughs> I I don't know, man. I totally disagree with you on that. But uh, next, who's up? Um. Well, I never saw the animated. I was aware of it. I mean, you know, people talk about it enough that I I had an awareness of you know what it was. And certainly when the movie came out, and everyone said that's it's nothing like the animated thing um so of course i i knew that but i've never actually seen the animated show and i don't know anything about the characters so i kind of came into this blind i didn't have any preconceived notions of what it was going to be like um and uh i you know i i think it's enjoyable um i i've i've already watched a number of episodes and you know it's like I'm I'm being entertained by it. Um, it's it's well produced for the most part. Some of the special effects don't always come off terribly well, but uh, for the most part, they they look good and the sets are designed beautifully. Um, whoever did the production design is great. Um, the uh, the the problem really is that you know the story is just not all that fascinating. Um, it's pretty predictable where everything is going to go, even even though I've never seen this before, and and the acting is is just kind of yeah, um, you know it's typical child acting acting, uh, and and you know they're not horrible, they're not terrible. I've seen so much worse, but they're not they're not exceptional. They're not on the level of uh, as was pointed out, um, Stranger Things. It's it, they're they're just not, you know star making type performances uh, they're just ordinary but you know to be fair the adults in this aren't particularly wonderful either it's it's kind of this this level field of mediocrity just across the board um well the, I, uh, I i'm i'm hopeful that daniel day king king i made him king i'm hopeful that <laughs> daniel day kim uh i've only seen i haven't seen you know yeah, I've seen him already. I, I, I know. I think they reveal out. they reveal him, but I haven't seen him do anything, and I I love him. So normally, I, I think he's great, but he's just kind of phoning it in. If I have to be honest with you, it's it's your standard rote villain performance, and there's nothing special about it. Well, I mean, um, which I I have to say, probably you know, it it lands at the feet of the director too that he's not getting more out of him because yes, I've seen him do 
fantastic performances, but this is just not really one of them. All right. All right, Yusin. Um, I don't know where I land between Allison and Tom. Um, I thought that the pilot... I noticed, I noticed you didn't put me in that category, but well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you definitely are enjoying the show. Um, I, I did not enjoy the pilot very much at all, and I thought... Um, it it just looked grimy and dark and uh, very serious. And I know I'm not looking for a remake of the original property. Uh, I'm allowing for it to be something different, um, which uh, is true because as the show goes on, I'm enjoying the show a little bit more. Um, but it was a little bit of a shock to the system because it. I really, like you said, with Order 66 and the children being murdered and people being set on fire and their skin, you know, burning off their, you know, that was awesome. It was, it was, to me, it was not what I was at all expecting and hoping for. Um, So I had to readjust. So I'm being fair, you know what I mean? So once I realized, okay, that's not the show that I'm getting, uh, I'm getting something else. Uh, By the time episode two, you know, by the end of episode two, I kind of was able to get used to the show a little bit and be like, oh, okay, so this is what this is going to be like. So but the problem does fall back. So so I'm enjoying the show more uh, once I've allowed myself to kind of, you know, rebalance myself and say, okay, well, I'm not getting the show that I thought I I might be getting. Um, But the problem is the acting. Uh, it is really hard uh, to watch, and they're not that young. I like Ang. I think he's my favorite. I, I agree with best. you. Yeah, yeah I think best. Ang's the best. Uh, and there's something very <clears throat> avatarish about him—the innocence that he's supposed to convey, you know—and the joy. Yeah. Um, they they got that right with him. So I think he's very sweet. If you have seen the show. Uh, and you know what the avatar is supposed to be like uh, and what you want the avatar to be. Uh, I think they did a good job. I think they got close, uh, you know, uh, but I think the other characters, um, it's it's a little awkward to watch, you know, and it's a little kind of it's not enraging. It's not like, oh, God, they're awful. It's just more awkward. It's more like, uh, OK, well, this isn't going to be you know, that convincing. Um, and as the series goes on, I don't know, maybe they get better. Maybe, you know, they, I mean, I've been watching more episodes, but I won't speak of them. Um, uh, but so, you know, is it great? It is not, it's not great TV. Did they need to make this show? I do not believe they did, but, but, uh, you know, but they've made it and I'm going to watch it. Uh, it's, is it unwatchable? It isn't unwatchable, but is it great television? I don't think so. Uh, I think probably the younger you are, the more you're going to enjoy this too. I I think, think I don't know. It's really dark. Yeah. I wouldn't let my nephew watch this. They murdered my 10 year old. Heavens no. Yeah. They murder a bunch of children in this. I wouldn't let my nephew watch it, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. So I'm obviously younger at heart than you guys. So. Uh, Oh, (laughs) I'll, t- I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on. Let's not beat a dead horse, as they say. Um, <laughs> next up, we're going to talk about Halo episodes three and four, and uh, I'm going to give the video game reference for because I think I'm the only gamer <laughs> on this group. Uh, the episode four is called Reach, and it is literally. 
the game Reach. There is, well, sort of. Uh, there is a game called Halo Reach, and it is about the Covenant invading the planet Reach and what happens and how the Marines have to try to defend the planet and the civilians from the Covenant invasion. And I totally dug that. The only thing is, I was laughing about the fact that all of season one, all the fanboys were complaining that the Master Chief kept taking his helmet off, and he kept saying, you guys are going to have to get used to it, and everybody was like, no, no, no. And then they get to season two, and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to lose my my outfit entirely. So his his uh, the, the armor is stolen in, um, at the beginning of episode four, so... He didn't have his armor, like, for two episodes. No armor. Not at all. Not you even not, take your helmet off. He has nothing. Anybody who thought that they weren't going to see Pablo Schreiber's face <laughs> should look in the mirror and smack themselves. You're not, paying, <laughs> you're not paying big money for a prominent actor coming well, from a hot Netflix except, show except, uh, to hide his Mandal- face. I was about to say, Mandalorian, he hides his face all the time. They have, they have a, the hottest actor in the business. But uh, that's beside the point. Yeah, but that's uh, that's flash. also done because that that allows him to be in other projects. Well, because he's so in demand. Newsflash: so If you don't see him take off his helmet in the Mandalorian, he's not, not him. He's not, him. I I know that. I know that. But I also know in season two, he was once the show became a hit. He was all like, "Well, I want to be in the in the armor." So he actually was in the armor a lot more in season two. And then he decided the armor was uncomfortable, and he was like, "Never mind." So now he's not in the armor again. Well, he's also but, hugely in demand. So all he has to do is some voiceover work. Yes. You know, and then Seriously. and then the rest of the time he can do other I things. Know, but the whole thing I was saying with the Mandalorian, you do get a sense of his emotions. You do feel what he's feeling. And Schreiber was like, "You can't see what I'm feeling without my with my helmet." And I was like, "Yes, you can." But I I kind of I get I think that what's interesting about what they're doing in Halo is that. I never even conceived of what is the Master Chief like without his armor. Like, how strong is he? Is he he's basically Steve Rogers' level of super soldier. Yep. And mm-hmm. that's kind of awesome. And because I always thought it was the suit, sort nope. of. I mean, yes, he's a Spartan, but I did give more credit to the suit and seeing him without the suit and seeing what he can do without the suit was really interesting to me. So I liked it. Well, they're all they're all at that level, really, because what what I found interesting um, in the previous episode when he's dragging his his troops through through this excessive level of training because he's so certain and he's right um, that they're going to be going up against the uh, the Sanhedrin and you know the other the other uh, Cobalt team has has been sent off essentially on a suicide mission. And he he has them doing all this crazy stuff like climbing all drills, up these, yeah. these all these drills mm-hmm. and climbing climbing up the uh, the cliff. And when um and I'm, f- I'm forgetting the name of the character, but when she climbs up there and then she loses her balance. Oh, that's Riz. Comes, right, yeah, Riz. when Riz comes comes crashing down, I'm thinking in real life uh, that person would be so dead so many times over and she just picks herself up dusts herself off maybe kind of goes oh, a little bit and then she's fine and and yeah that's that's you know superhero level of strength and resilience right 
So, yeah, but they, then, you know, they've, they've told you they've all gone through these treatments that have changed their bodies completely. So and they you are. you see all the scars on them. That's yes. all the surgeries. They very, have. very extensive scarring, you know, which right. is, you know, amazing. And if you think about that, they did that to 10 year olds. They yes. did that to them when they were 10. Mm -hmm. so yeah. Oh, they, they very much get into the horror of, of what was done to these people. Um, right. uh, but yeah, I'm. I never played the game, so I, I I I was aware of it. Of course, you know it's like one of those things in the background, but I I never played it, and so I really don't care that he doesn't have his helmet on. It doesn't. I would rather see the actor. Thank you. No, he may not be as pretty as his brother, but still, I really would rather see the actor emoting than than stare at a helmet. Um, and and so that that didn't bother me, and I think also they used it to great effect. Yes, I agree. Um, in yeah. in the most recent episode, because in his world, most people have never seen his face. You know, it's so silly when he goes walking around with a hood over his head because I'm thinking, who'd recognize you anyway? <laughs> um, and you know, when he's when when he's introduced to the troops at the end, and it's like this is this is uh, John. I forgot. One 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 seven. One one seven. And you know him better as Master Chief, and the awe through the room is is just palpable from the reactions of all of all the the Marines because they've never seen him, and it's it's like having you know this this like godlike figure suddenly revealed to them, and and that is a wonderful moment in that episode where where they do that they where they use that to great effect character wise. So, um, I, you know, I, I would rather have moments like that, that, that more center on the character and, and, you know, I don't care whether he's got the, the helmet or whatever, I, but I, I thought honestly, it was funny that they did get rid of the entire uniform. Yeah. I, I, that's why I said season two was like, hold my beer. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, he took his helmet off too much. All right. Um, but I like that they did it for a reason. I totally agree with you. And it mm -hmm. really felt earned. And then the battle when um you know they're trying to get across town and just man people just dying left and right in that battle it was crazy they uh, they went for it they yeah, did yeah they absolutely did and you since who said that they were mad that they killed two two of their characters was that you i i i oh, did no. i was uh, they have they i mean the 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 general and then oh, the other oh i love the general the oh. general was wonderful and they the thing is i thought that he was going to survive because they oh, go out I? of their way to say okay we need you we we so need you to survive you can't go into battle we've got to protect you blah 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 <laughs> and they go on and on and on like that and then he dies anyway and it's like what what was that I he died him. well he, he died did well. he died heroically and all of that but still I, I, he was a great character, and yeah. they're right. They need so, they need people like that. So getting rid of him just to have this one heroic stand, no, I thought I was. I don't was think they did it just for heroic stand. I think they did it because now they don't have the general. So who is going to stand up to the O and I? That means it has to be the master chief. He can't put it off on because I think if the ad, if he's actually an admiral. If the admiral had actually survived then it would have been the admiral's responsibility to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with with those guys and now Ackerman. and ackerson 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 that's right yeah so now i think the master chief is going to have to step up and go up against him mm. um and so he doesn't have that cushion yeah they've taken away you know they take away the master they take away your father it's one of those situations so i don't think they did it 
willy nilly. I think they did it deliberately. So yeah, well, but and they also got rid of the other Spartan too. Yeah, that hurt. Uh, that hurt. That was. It's like really, really. So to be <laughs> fair, necessary? to be fair, if I had to pick of the four Spartans that we had, you know, Master Chief's not going to die. That leaves us with the three other ones. And I was like, I'm because I have played the game. I know they all the rest of them don't make it. So I was waiting for one of them to die. And I was like, okay, which one of them is it going to be? Because technically, by the time you get to the end of the Master Chief story, none of the other ones are alive. He's the last Spartan. Um, at Spoilers. The I mean, if you play the video game, you should know this. But anyway. Which I don't, so I have no idea. <laughs> but I, I, I just that... know that they got rid of the guy with the coolest voice. He does. So... He did have a cool voice. That's true. An um... amazing voice. But yeah. uh, and we still don't know where Kai went off to. Uh, well, I recruited. assume she's with there. Ac- yeah, she Ac- got Ackerson. He he uh, he recruited her. So and because he convinced her that the Master Chief was crazy. And... Yeah, but we didn't see them actually leave. I just have you just have to assume that that's right. where they went. I'm I'm ninety percent sure that's where she is. Um, and that hurts because he's closest to her. Uh, mm. Of all the other Spartans, she's like his bestie. So this feels a little like a betrayal, um, and I want to see that reconciled. So that I'm looking forward to as well. And I really like that. Um, oh man, um, the doctor that was that they were in that VR room, the cell. Ah, oh, I forgot her name. Uh, oh I, right. I forget. I like that she got out and then ended up in the middle of that battle too. Like everybody was. It all came together. Like that that episode, episode four, really felt great that everybody came together. But I'm gonna wrap that up and let's move on. Uh, I'm giving that a thumbs up. Next up, we're gonna talk about Constellation, and uh, I will have to say it's especially once I I just finished watching like True Detective, and then I turned on Constellation and I was like, wait, did I hit the right button? Because it, it it starts off like in Alaska on a snowy road and I was really confused for a second (laughs) and I was like I thought I was watching a show about an astronaut like what's happening and it starts in a really bizarre way and I was really confused and then the daughter like doesn't trust her and I was like wait what's happening like it and it was played kind of creepy too so like it looked like the daughter didn't trust her mom because she kept saying, where's dad? Where's dad? I'll go stand here and watch a video of my mom because I don't want to look at you. I was like, what? <laughs> so uh, all of that was just really bizarre. And then we flash back. I think it was like five weeks or something like that. And then we're back. We're on the space station. And I was like, OK, all of that was just very. Oh, and then she hears the I forgot about that. She hears a, a, a little girl crying mommy and it sounds like her daughter, but then her daughter's asleep in bed. And then she decides to go chase the voice out into the snow. I was like, what? What is happening? Like, that's also why I also felt like I was watching True Detective. It was super creepy and you're out in the snow and the and all of that. So, yeah, it was weird. Uh, Tom, Allison, somebody. What would you guys think? I, I, I thought it was. Sorry. I said too many names. That was my fault. So let's do Tom. Go ahead. No, I really liked it. I mean, I'm a sucker for good space stuff. So, um, yeah, when they, the very beginning when they're in Alaska is a little jarring, especially if you've been watching True Detective Night Country. <laughs> but then when you get to the space station and see things go horribly wrong, oh, wow, yeah. something hits the station 
And then there's a fire on board and a fire aboard any kind of metal vehicle that's not, you know, fire on land is dangerous enough, but on a ship or a submarine or a spacecraft is like, you've got limited amount of time and resources to get it out before everybody's totally screwed. So, um, no, I was completely, I, I, I'm in, I'm kind of wondering what's going on though, because we have, she's having these visions. And again, it's almost like night country where she's having these visions of something she should not be seeing. And then she'll snap out of it and go and go back to it. But, um, it took me a while to figure out that her husband is the dude who played Jarvis on Agent Carter. Yes. Yeah. And um, and she was the original girl with the dragon tattoo. And in the not great uh, uh, Ridley Scott movie, Prometheus. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like Prometheus. I, I, I really like her. So I'm in. It's just it's kind of this interesting space mystery. I don't think it's supernatural, but it's. There seems to be I something. Think to, to I think it has to do with that. Obviously, they're they're leading oh, us. Oh, obviously, the MacGuffin. The yeah, the, the experiment. I'm thinking it's elements. the proto molecule. <laughs> 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 yes, actually, and he's like, we don't care about the astronauts' lives. We just want the results from the experiment. I was like, who mm-hmm. is this dude? Yeah, uh, Allison, your thoughts. Yeah. Um, no, I, I know it's sort of like going from tundra to tundra. It's like I'm getting cold just watching TV. <laughs> um, I think actually they're supposed to be somewhere in Germany, though, not not Alaska. I, th- I think it's I, one of the things that I kind of liked about this is that um, America doesn't really factor into too much into this particular series. We, we mostly get uh, characters from various parts of Europe. And, Except for and, Jonathan Banks' bad guy character, he's yes. Nasty. It's like, well, we get we get one American, and he's an asshole. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, everybody, everybody else, it's like you know, it's it's this is the this isn't NASA. Uh, he's doing an experiment for NASA, but everybody else is part of the European Space Agency, and and all of that is is happening there. But um, I I I thought that this was a beautifully done series. The the um it, it is a little weird at the beginning. I you know I think deliberately they're trying to sort of throw you off balance and be like what what is happening, um, and then they move you five weeks, you know prior and and sort of reset and say okay this is how everything started, um, when they are on the space station I have to give it to them. They were meticulous in trying to recreate the impression of being weightless, being in oh, space. Yeah, even showing the CPR. The, like when she was doing the CPR, she like yeah, she had to brace herself against the wall. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and I it's just like all these little details. And and when when uh, she's taking a battery apart, she has to she she spreads down uh, some sticky tape and has to stick down the pieces so they don't go floating everywhere. And just all these little details that they did were were wonderful. And the, it's like, okay, this is the procedure you do if if X happens. And I thought all of that was was really wonderful. It's like, wow, yeah, I mean, they really, really went I, to great lengths to to give this I have to say a the, realistic look. The, the firefighting in tandem when they were tag teaming that was fantastic to watch. Yep. Yes, that was all just you know, really, really brilliantly done. I think the only time they made a mistake was at one point when she's in the capsule, she starts to cry and the tear goes running down her 
Archie. Oh. And it's like, ah, you came so close. <laughs> she wipes it away right away so it doesn't become much of a factor, but still, you know, it's like, nah, that's not what it would have done. Um, but that's, I mean, aside from that, they did uh, just this this incredible job of, of capturing the weightlessness and what uh, what astronauts go through in space. And the fact that nobody got hysterical, that everybody, you know, was very, very capable at what they were doing. Yeah. yeah. Um, no drama queens in space in real life. None. And you can't, you die. It's if they, they have to get people who do know how to stay calm under pressure. So I really appreciated all of that. That was, that was extremely well done. Um, and the mystery behind this, obviously something happened when they did this experiment they're, they're looking at the, the results of it and seeing, you know, that there's like, two particles you know there's a matter and antimatter yeah it, it, it it's split well they're, they're trying to find antimatter you know and and so they're it's like you see two particles at the same time where it shouldn't be and apparently you can't you can't get a picture of it you can see it with your eyes but you can't record it um but they they go through all of this and what what seems to be happening i mean i'm just guessing because they haven't clarified it yet but what i think is happening is that there's there's like an antimatter universe that has collided oh. our own and we've got they like partially crossed into each other so, so we like, have are we, are we still doing a multiverse is that a multiverse thing i still? i think so it's or at least you know two different like matter and antimatter we've got we've got partially people from one universe you know you know gliding into the other one and that's why uh she and her daughter keep not recognizing each other or thinking there's something off with them or you know you're right. not my mom you're you know I, you're not my daughter you don't smell right you know this these kinds of things because they literally are like in different universes we have that very unsettling scene where the the you know she finally gets uh lands on earth and they get into the helicopter you know and all of a sudden everybody vanishes you know the the mother finds herself alone the daughter finds herself alone and and you know it's it's just completely weird until suddenly they're back in the helicopter again but it's it's like a different time mm -hmm. um and and all of these weird things are are happening as a result of this this bizarre experiment that they did and uh you know what the exact nature of this is um they haven't completely clarified but i think i think um it's it's going to come back to that and uh, you know, we were talking about child actors before the the girl who that actually the daughter is played by twin actresses, um, twin twin girls, identical twins. And they are do so if you get this feeling that one is slightly different from the other, it's because they are actually different people. And but both equally talented because they're giving a fantastic performance. They really are. Um so far i'm i'm really into it i think maybe if i have one criticism to make it's that i think they should have given us more background at least on one version of these people uh so that we had a baseline to go by like oh this is off because you know according to the baseline it should be this way right um and and we're not getting and obviously their world is different from ours anyway but um, so we don't have that that baseline to go to. And I think that's a little 
unfortunate. But that's about the only criticism I can come up with. Otherwise, I'm really into this show. All right. Uh, let's move on. I think they're saying thumbs up. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, next up, we're going to talk Percy Jackson, the last couple episodes to wrap that series up. Um, one thing that's kind of sad is that Lance Reddick uh, was cast as Zeus, and he did a great job as Zeus. But yeah, now, yeah, but now that the first season two, they're going to have to recast, which really sucks. Um, Do, does, has anybody read the books? Do we know how much the gods play? Because they're not, they're around, but they're not central. Right. Uh, in this, I mean, I think this season is basically the first book, so not yeah. that much in the first book. So I've only, I've only, I'm only in the first book reading it myself. So uh, I cannot answer that question for you. Um, but I liked the the big battle that Percy had with uh, Ares. Like that was pretty cool. Um. Though I was like, why would you battle the son of Poseidon on a beach? That just seems like a like what, that's that seems like it's just asking to lose the fight, you know. Well, Ares doesn't seem to, you know. He wasn't he may be du- He may be du- duplicitous, but nobody accused him of being a genius. So, <laughs> I like the actor who plays him, though. I do too. I thought, and I thought the battle was nicely convincing, and I like that his dad. No, his dad doesn't show up until he's up against Zeus. So well, until well, not up against him until he goes to see Zeus. Right. Thank you. Yeah, not up good good point. He was very polite when <laughs> he met Zeus. Could, Zeus could like your dose. <laughs> he was very courteous. Percy very Jackson polite. is dead. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was all that was all pretty and Zeus was all like, okay, thank you for the information. You can go now. And he was like, no, 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 I got to ask questions. I was like, why are you pushing your luck, dude? Like, what I just love the side eye Zeus was given to Poseidon. It's like, really? Really? You want to take this kid out of here before I lose my temper? <laughs> yeah, that was all. All of that was good. That was a really good confrontation. It, oh. That made it feel, and, and I think part of the issue that you're having, that I'm having, which is I do want to see more of our top level actors that they've cast as these gods. Like, I love the actor playing Poseidon. I was loving who they have as Zeus. I like who they have as Hermes. Like, these, I want to see scenes with these actors in one room. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah, I just, I haven't read the book, so I have no idea where it goes. Uh, I think, I think book two is Sea of Monsters, so. Well, that suggests we're going to be in the ocean with uh, at least Daddy. So, and we know the show's been renewed for season two. So we'll long get enough. Yeah, those kids aren't getting any younger. <laughs> that is true, because uh, I saw when they were doing their um, press tour, the kid playing playing Percy is looks like he's about to start his growth spurt, and I was like, oh, um, that. Have you seen Caleb McLaughlin recently? Oh my gosh, who's from Caleb Stranger Things? Uh, which one? The the lead guy. The black kid from Stranger Things. Oh, oh, yeah, he's like what six two or something crazy. He's he does not look like a teen anymore. He looks no. like a young man because he is. Right. But, yeah. Uh, and, no, and- I thought it was. I thought it was a satisfying season. Um, I want more. I wish Disney Plus hadn't dragged their feet to pick up season two. I, I, I just don't understand. You read about all these shows getting picked up before the pilot airs. Right. And this was not not only. 
did they i mean they waited till pretty much the season was over before they green it's like come on people get Ugh. They wanted to confirm that their viewership was big enough, I guess. But yeah, and, and when you're dealing with child actors, you gotta keep you gotta keep rolling on that. You know, you gotta keep moving because they're gonna grow really fast. Mm -hmm. At least um, the characters grow at the same time that the the kids do. So true, true. So oh, that that's very Harry Potterish. By the way, speaking of that, they're doing Harry Potter again. Yeah, I so, think. Uh... They're saying what twenty twenty five six for the first season. Yeah, they're doing a full season for one book, which I mean, there's some validity to that because I felt like book four, especially when you get to the later books, I felt like they were rushed. Well, when they start getting really thick. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're, but I, I the first book is pretty thin, so I'm not sure whether the first book is is not that big of a book. So. I mean, unless they're just going to spend a lot of time establishing the world, but I'm like, we all know the Harry Potter world. What are you doing? Seriously. <laughs> anyway, it's a uh, Warner uh, Brothers Discovery cash grab. I know. I'm I'm off topic, but uh, let's wrap this up. So we're giving thumbs up to Percy Jackson as a whole. So give it a go. Oh, and... we didn't talk about the betrayal by Luke. Oh, that's right. I was like, who are you talking about? Right, right, right. Because you find out he's actually working for Hades. Yep. Yes, he was like, he had the prophecy, one of your friends will betray you. I will have to say, when that prophecy came through, my first thought was him. Because he oh, was, he him and, because Grover had already betrayed him, so that wouldn't be news. Um, You know, because he thought he was his best friend at school, and then he found out that he had been lying. So I was like, that's well, already. I wouldn't say that's a betrayal per se. But just... I say from his perspective, he felt this betrayed. So... I felt like that that pushed him out of the category. And so when he got the prophecy, I was like, oh, Luke's the only guy that he's been hanging out with that he would consider a friend. And he never considered the girl, I forgot her name, Athena, no. Something. Oh, um, Athena's daughter, Annabeth. Annabeth. He never considered them friends at the beginning. I mean, by the end, absolutely. But he specifically didn't pick Luke to go on his team because he was like, uh, I don't, he was, I was thinking, he shouldn't have picked him because he's the only person he would call a friend that would betray him. And he was like, no, I know you would pick Annabeth over me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, 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 no. So I suspected Luke at the top. So, but I was still I slightly surprised when it happened. Well, plus his, like, his, like, talking, you know, the speech, his his villain speech is like, dude, you cut a crate crate. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking he, about a, you're talking about civil war against was, gods. He was drinking the Kool-Aid because that was that was Hades' mission. So he was drinking the Hades Kool-Aid. So that makes sense. I'm okay with that. He didn't sound completely crazy. He sounded like somebody had been whispering in his ear and convinced him of this. Because mm. he's a kid. So, yeah, I bought it. Anyway, still, thumbs up. Good first season. Um... So if you guys have any questions or comments, you leave it to the campfire gmail.com, also Twitter or on Facebook, and listen to us on Six Degrees of Geek and iTunes, and we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.